What's up, Lions fans, and welcome to the Blue Blood Podcast. This is your host, Jonathan, alongside your host, Colton. Hey, guys. How's it going? And today we actually got a special guest with us, Chris Robin. Um, Hopefully I pronounced that right. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, boys. My name's Chris, a lifelong Detroit Lions fan, born and raised on the east side of Detroit, around 8 Mile and Gratiot. Grashit and State Fair. Uh, I couldn't be any more happy than I am now to be here with you guys talking some Lions action. Yes, sir. Very excited to have you on. You're actually our first guest on the pod, so we're very excited to see how this goes. Oh, wow. Well, thanks for having me. I feel even more honored than I already did. Exactly. Um, We're going to go ahead and start off with a few questions for you. Uh, First off, how did you become a Lions fan? It's usually the first question everyone asks you, so see what you got. No, it's a great question. I'll try to not uh, talk too much because I could talk, you know, Lions and the the love I have for them and the passion I have for the city of Detroit as a whole here. But, you know, as I said, born and raised in the city of Detroit and, you know, uh, East Point right outside of that. So I've always been around the city of Detroit. And to be fair, I'm a Lions fan because of my father. Right. I, I would like to think a lot of people all over the country they're fans of a team because of their upbringing let's say right so you know in the state of Michigan you're either a Michigan State fan or you're a Michigan fan and unless you went to one of those schools you primarily based on what your friends and family root for so everybody I've ever known in the in the state of Michigan friends and family combined it's always been Detroit Lions this Detroit Lions that Thanksgiving is a huge tradition here in the city where you go and tailgate at Eastern Market or you're just around your friends and family at home and you're watching the Lions game. So at a very young age, my my late father uh, was a massive Lions fan and it was just a way to connect right to your 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 father, your mother. I don't have any brothers and sisters. So just be me and my dad uh, watching Lions games, watching football in general. Uh, while it was on Sunday. And again, uh, if I could pick another franchise to root for, let's say a more successful New England Patriots team or the the Super Bowl champion team, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I I wouldn't have it any other way because there's just something about the Lions, you know, and the city of Detroit as a whole where it's it's in your it's in your DNA. You know, it's it's in your blood. It goes all the way from, you know, backing the city of Detroit to loving the this Detroit Lions organization, uh, win or lose. And I'm sure you two can attend test to the fact it's been more uh more lose than anything but it just it'll just make it that much more uh enjoyable it'll make it that much more sweet when they actually do win and and put together a uh, a super bowl run right let's hope yeah for sure oh. um i think you know that kind of separates uh you from jay and i we're both from outside of detroit or outside of michigan in fact um so yeah that's super yeah. cool and yeah, I'm coming so from yeah, Denver, Colorado. <laughs> okay. So I, in, in turn, if I may, I would like to ask you a question really quick. Yeah, you've had, you have the choice. You're not even in Michigan. You have the choice of of any other team in on this planet, including the Denver Broncos, and you chose the Detroit Lions. Uh, I love that you did that, but I have to ask you: uh, of every team in the <laughs> NFL, why would you choose the Lions? It's it it is. Uh, such a miserable existence as a Detroit Lions fan. Let's just be absolutely. Um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. So I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, so I kind of grew up with the movie, the Disney movie Lion King. Um, (laughs) and watched that movie every day when I was like three. And then Thanksgiving comes around, and I see a blue lion on the screen, 
and my dad tells me that I pointed at the screen, the screen and yelled Mufasa, and it just kind of stuck from that point. So that's kind of where my profile comes from, and my love for the Lions just kind of extended from there. Well, wow, that's a fantastic story, and I, I love that, and I uh, I respect you for for choosing to be a, a Lions fan. There's not a lot of people in the United States that. Uh, actively choose to root for the Lions. It's, I, I, to be honest with you, maybe I'm naive or I, I don't know as much as I, I like to think I know, but I, I primarily think that the only people that are Lions fans are people that are here in, here in Michigan, because again, who else would want to actively root for the Lions? So uh, thank you. And we welcome you here. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, exactly. And that's, where a lot of Detroit and Michiganders in general don't think that there are Lions fans outside of Michigan and specifically Detroit even. And there's a lot because actually where I'm originally from is New Mexico. I'm actually just moved up here uh, not even six months ago. So uh, another state that doesn't have a pro team at all, actually. Um, no. Yeah. And about the same thing. That was my favorite animal when I was about two. Loved football. I've played it my entire life. Played a little bit in college. Um, and yeah, just stuck with the team since. Loved mm-hmm. Calvin when he got drafted. Loved Stafford. Still love Stafford. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. And I and I don't. In real, uh, what I said a few moments ago when I said we're we're happy to have you. I don't want to sound like a jerk. <laughs> like I'm the like I'm oh. the uh, you know the captain of the, the uh, expert Lions, or whatever. You know, the, yeah. I, I'm just uh, you know a guy in his mid thirties who likes to read and write and talk fantasy sports. And uh, I don't. I have. I don't want to say no affiliation with the Lions, but who am I to to judge who is a fan and, and who's not? So sorry if that came across. <laughs> no, uh, not at all. Oh, no, not at all. And that's where, yeah, a lot of Detroit people, you guys see it. You guys are there. You're in that atmosphere all the time. You're getting um, all of the brunt of the, like, the hypocrisy and the criticism for everyone being like, why are you a Lions fan? You could have chose any other team. doesn't matter where. But yeah you guys are there and you're living it every day and you're close to all the buzz when you guys win. And then you're there with the heartbreak and all those losses. So that's something where we're removed from because we're not having to deal with it every day because we're in like our own little bubbles where we're at. Cause we're not able to go next door or go a couple miles down the road and talk to another lions fan. That's something where we're having to get online. That's another reason why I got on Twitter originally last year was because there's a whole community of Lions fans out there. They just not anywhere near where I am. So it's great to be able to talk and meet with a whole bunch of different Lions fans throughout the U.S. and especially the ones in Detroit because I get to see your guys' point of view and see how it's been culturally wise throughout the city and how it's felt when you guys do win and when the Lions do lose. So it's a really yeah, cool the, thing the, to see. The the feeling of the Lions winning is is unlike anything. I've yet to experience in my, my 36 years on this earth. Uh, so, uh, and then when they, the, I'm talking about like, let's say when they, when they make the playoffs, cause the Lions they'll win a couple games every season, but uh, I'm talking about like when they make the playoffs, which as you know, are few and far between. So I can't even imagine uh, what this, what, what I would do and what the city would be like if they were to actually uh, one host the playoff game and two actually win uh, a playoff game that would be uh, fantastic and I'm telling you now I've been saying this for years but I uh, I, I have a career I've worked all my life I, I'm good at saving my money and if the Lions ever do host a playoff game I will empty every dime in my <laughs> bank accounts to be at that game at Ford Field absolutely I'll be right there next to you 
And so will I. Most definitely. I will be there. I'll let's see you there. Um, let's see. Another question for you. Um, who are a couple of your favorite players on this current uh, 2020 Lions team? That's a, you know, that's a great question, right? So the, like the first, most people will say, you know, uh, Kenny G is, is fantastic. You know, third round draft pick from Illinois state, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he, he's a, he's a, a fan favorite of people across the country because of, you know, fantasy football and DF, you know, daily fantasy sports. Right. Uh, I like, you know, right. He's just a long snapper for like it seems like 40 years this guy just keeps signing and signing and wanting to play for this team and you have to respect uh the work ethic of a guy like Don Muehlbach he he wants to stay as a lion he wants to live in the Detroit metro area and and again he must be there must be something wrong with him in his brain much like there is <laughs> with mine to you know to be to want to be a part of this organization a, as it stands here now there is a guy who I, I hopefully you guys have heard of his name's uh Tyrell Crosby oh yeah I believe he's, oh, yeah. Yeah, I believe he's number 65 he is uh, a pancaking kind of uh monster of a man he's an offensive lineman and uh, the only reason I like him is because he is uh he's serious he's humble and he's very active on, on social media outlets I've had many conversations with him on Twitter right and, and it's it's fantastic when you can get a guy you know uh, a, a professional athlete like him who uh you know, doesn't take himself too serious when he's off the football field. When he's on the field, it's a different story. But all in all, you know, we're all just, you know, human beings looking to, you know, build connections and everything. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He's not a jerk. And he goes out of his way to uh, reply to people, to comment on, on posts and everything. And it was his birthday other day and you should have seen the flood of a happy birthday comments on on twitter and and facebook and he literally answered everybody back thank you for this thank you for that and i just like that kind of attitude that uh that respectful humble kind of attitude yes i'm a professional athlete yes i work very hard uh i work for an organization like the lions but i'm i am no better than than anybody else here so that's the kind of attitude i respect chris you just picked like so much out of the blue, two out of the blue guys. That was amazing. Starting with <laughs> Don Gilback, Death Taxi yeah. Mule. That's amazing. That look, those are perfect. Love both of those. That out of the blue. Those are amazing picks. Those are yeah, you're right. Not mainstream, of course. Everyone picks Galladay and Stafford, but those are yeah. great right there. That's awesome. Love that. Well, well, here's the thing. As a as we said, a pull, as we said before we went, we know we were chatting. Anybody who's going to listen to this, we, we me and the boys were chatting before uh, we went live. And uh, I'm in the Detroit metro area. I write uh, fantasy sports and other content, so I, I always read the the free the Detroit Free Press or the Detroit News. And every time I open it up. There's a little uh, article on Dan, Dan Muehlbach and what a good dude he is and how he just signed with us again. And, you know, he takes that hometown discount. He just wants to win so bad. And it, it's just one of those attitudes that I appreciate so much. I, I I absolutely cannot stand the attitude of like an Odell Beckham or or a Delvin Cook. Like, I'm going to hold my team hostage until you pay me, you know, like, you know, he for the greater good, you know, you want your team to win and you want the city to, you know, to celebrate. And it's just certain guys don't fit that mold. And again, as I told you when we opened, I'm, a, I'm really, I'm a nobody, right? I'm just a guy who likes to talk 
fantasy sports and write fantasy content. You know, people aren't going to listen to me like they would, you know, an ESPN or, or a Yahoo uh, sports article, let's say. But uh, those are just my own personal opinions. And I, I, I never rarely do I waver from those uh, from my, my own attitudes and my own opinions. Hey, your 7K followers on Twitter beg to differ, but you're, I know exactly what you mean. Um, all right, we'll go ahead and roll into another question we got for you. Who sure. so far in 2020, I know the season's a little bit young still, but who so far in 2020 do you think has underperformed and a guy that you think has overperformed your expectations on the Lions? Well, here's the thing. When I looked at that question, uh, I believe yesterday you, you sent me what, you know, what we're going to discuss. I mean, that's no secret. P- you know, people like to be prepared, but I have, I have one guy that I could answer for both, for both questions. He's both underperformed and he's kind of shown out and that's rookie running back Deandre Swift. And he, he's, he underperformed at the start of the season. And I believe it was, it was no fault of his own. It was because of the coaching staff, you know, Matt Patricia, who people uh, can't stand. People don't think he's a good coach. And whatever reasons you have for disliking Matt Patricia, he wasn't giving DeAndre Swift the workload we all thought he should deserve as fans uh, of the Lions and fantasy football. Let's be honest here. You know, they signed Adrian Peterson. People thought, well, that's that's not good for Kirion. That's not good for Swift. It's going to suppress some of these guys' talents, and, and it had, it did until last weekend in Jacksonville, and they gave DeAndre Swift a full workload, and we all saw what this kid could do. Had over 100 yards. He scored twice, so he underperformed up until week six, and then he, you know, he hit, I don't want to say hit his stride, but he expected to do, so I would implore the Lions organization and the Lions coaching staff, if they if they are listening right now, or or if they will listen, right, that you know, give this kid some more touches. You know, going into Week Seven here, they're going back to Atlanta where he played college ball. I'm sure he's going to have a ton of friends and family there at that game. Let this kid loose. Let's see what he's about, right? And you 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 can implement uh, Adrian Peterson and then Kirion to smaller roles when the time is right. But as it stands now, I would love to see a full workhorse load for DeAndre Swift. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping to get that. Like, look at the game this last weekend. He can do it. Absolutely. And we know uh, he's a young kid. I believe, uh, don't take my word for this, but I believe he's 22, 23 years old. Uh, he's a rookie, obviously. We're headed into week seven. This kid has has the freshest legs around, let's say, right? Other rookies, the same thing. They 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 have, as people say, you know, he has low tread on his tires. Cut this exactly. kid loose and let's see what he can do. You drafted him in the second round for a reason. Uh, professional teams, they don't draft somebody that early on and just say, oh, we're, we'll let him come along, you know, in the net. You know, no. Put him in there and let's see what he can do. And I know, and I'm sure you guys could could attest, you know, help me out with this one too. The Lions have had a uh, the propensity for drafting a a wide receiver or a young offensive kid in the first round, and then boom, throwing him to the wolves right off the bat. And the development gets stunted. He doesn't do what what his uh, draft pedigree suggests he would do, and he, they completely stifle the kid's you know long term prospects. But with a kid like Swift in the second round, what he did in college and what he can do in the pros is absolute to our team if you can, you know, bring him along, 
you know, faster than most, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree 100%, just like both of you guys said. I do think we'll see an increase in Swiss role going forward. Um, so one last question for you, and then we'll hop into the into the Falcons. Um, just briefly, what are your thoughts on Matt Patricia and the coaching staff? How long should we give them? Do they last till the end of the season? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Here. Here's the thing. I as a lot as a lifelong Lions fan, I always give these give these guys the benefit of the doubt, right? I uh, I'm in no position to uh, put uh, just. I, I excuse me. Let me rephrase that. I'm kind of thinking as I go here. I'm in no position to put down. Uh, any human being on this earth, and especially for the sake of the question, I'm in no position to put down a professional football coach. I am not uh, qualified to coach professional football. I'm not even qualified to probably coach high school football. So who am I to put down these guys and say, this is what they're doing wrong. This is what they can do better. You know, I understand as a fan, uh, we all have our own opinions and we all have our own takes uh, where we want to see the the organization go week to week or year to year, right? So I am a little bit um, uh, forgiving than most people. You know, let's see what these what these guys can do. You know, Bob Quinn has been our GM for a few seasons now. Matt Patricia is now coming into his third year as the head coach here, if I'm not mistaken. And if you look around the league, you know, they the other teams have it a lot worse than the Lions. Take like the Jets per se with Adam Gase. He is absolutely awful. And then you look at a guy like Matt Patricia and you start to think like, is he, is his, you know, sweet spot, is his wheelhouse maybe being a a coordinator, you know, not, not the head dog, like a defensive coordinator or an offensive, you know, skill position coach. And then they throw these guys, you know, into head coaching roles and they look absolutely overwhelmed. And I'll be honest with you, Matt Patricia has looked overwhelmed to me uh, in the past with his time clock management, the way he uses timeouts, uh, the way he doesn't give guys a full workload a la DeAndre Swift with what we just talked about. But I am going to give him the benefit of the doubt and maybe see what this guy has in the tank the next few games. The Lions, they've won two games in a row. They have a chance to win three games in a row this Sunday in Atlanta. And then let's let's judge then. Let's throw them to the Wolves then if we have to, right? I I hate to say, you know, oh, well, the jury is still out. His, you know, his his, uh, resume uh, is still kind of incomplete. But on the other end of it, he's gone, you know, 10 and what, 27 and one now in his first three three games as a head coach. And that's not good. That's way be way below 500 or excuse me. I want his, it would be 12 and 25, 12, 25 and one headed into uh, week seven in Atlanta. And that's still not good. That's nowhere near uh, the, the winning percentage. And that's nowhere near what us as fans expect from, from a head coach and a Detroit lions organization. Exactly. And those are my thoughts. I'm a little bit more on the side of, I'm quick to react instead of overthinking and or instead of thinking Absolutely. and uh, Colton is definitely on the side of the cautious uh, letting him on your side where he's like, let it, let it play out. Let's see how it goes. Continue to give him some chances. Cause yeah. Um, and his point that he brings up and we've argued about a lot is that we tend to run coaches out of town uh, quickly. So they don't have the chance to build their roster and build their coaching staff how they want 
so they don't get the full opportunity of making this team and putting their stamp on this franchise. So it's good to see that we still have people that are viewing it as let's wait. And I'm more towards that point. Like you're saying, uh, I think you flipped the Saints and the Cardinals game. So this is we're on a one win streaks right now. But okay, yeah, yeah. Right. If we continue to build these wins these next few weeks against these bad teams, um, I'm not sold yet because the end of our schedule, those last four or five games are pretty tough. But um, I'm leaning more towards just riding it out and seeing what he can do. But uh, let's go ahead and roll into this game this weekend on Sunday here, coming up soon, with the Falcons in Georgia, in Atlanta. This is actually Matthew Stafford's first time playing there, oddly enough, since he played in college. And then same thing with Swift. This is his first time playing since he played at Georgia. Granted, he's a rookie. But what are your thoughts on this game? You got any predictions and matchups that you wanted to point out and just your overall impression on it? Sure. Yeah, looking at the – and please forgive me. I always look at football games from a from a fantasy sports perspective, for, you know, from a, a DFS perspective, if that makes any Naturally. sense. And it's yeah. it's very. But in turn, over the years, I've noticed that's very telling to real life uh, statistics, wins, losses, and you know, touchdowns, all that. And looking at it now, the Lions are are an underdog in this one. They're getting two and a half points in this one, and the over under right now sits at 54 points. So they're expecting, you know, like a 28 to 24 kind of finish in, in Atlanta's uh, favor here. So that tells you a few things that you need to know with the lions headed into Atlanta as, as an underdog, having really beat up Jacksonville last week in Atlanta uh, coming off their first win of the season after two uh, unbelievably monstrous blowups, right? Giving up all those points in the fourth quarter and, and losing, you know, things of that nature. But uh, the the one thing I'm looking at the most, actually looking forward to the most is the, the Lions uh, running game here. And, and are, are they going to transition into getting Swift more involved? We finally saw it last week, as I mentioned at the opening of our broadcast here, uh, this afternoon, and is it something that that they plan on sticking to? Because if you look at uh, Matthew Stafford a, as a professional quarterback here in Detroit in his eleventh season, he's gone. He goes, I believe, I think it's eight and one now. Every time he's had a hundred yard uh, running back in the game, last week Swift had over a hundred yards rushing. Oh, look, they won in Jacksonville. So. It, it's little intricacies like that as a fan. I, I, it's They're easily found, you know, when you Google it or you look it up in the newspaper and you think to yourself, how do how does the management and the ownership and the coaches not put put two and two together and notice that, you know, a, a, a once in a generation for us, at least quarterback like Matthew Stafford, he does very well when you have a hundred yard rushing running back and they, they don't do it in 11 seasons. They've only had a hundred yard running back. It looks to be nine times. If all those games, it's only happened nine times. So why wouldn't you look to get the running game more involved all those years in a row? So to me, the thing I'm looking forward to the most and the thing I believe is going to be the secret to our success Sunday in Detroit is, is getting the running game involved. Swift, AP, and uh, sorry to say, I don't think carry on is going to be involved much moving forward here. I agree 100%, and uh, while you were talking, I was looking up uh, the Cowboys game from 2018, and this is why, 
because we know, we all know that week three game, that Sunday night game against the Patriots was kind of carry on Johnson's like big explosion game where like, oh, there he is. Yeah. And I really think we can for the Jacksonville game to kind of see maybe what the workload is and maybe what we can even expect for Swift because we've seen this this regime carry a second round running back and start him after a big game. So uh, he only had 37% of the snaps in, in Dallas. I'm talking about carry on here. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much we'll see Swift going forward, but I hope it's more than we saw carry on in Dallas. In here, oh, yeah. Just and a then, quick. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. You were saying, no, you're like last week we were talking about it. The um, snap percentage, he still had like, I think it was like 36% this last week too. So hopefully with minimal snaps, he can still make some sort of an impact because I think he can. No doubt. And I, th- there was uh, one play in particular I noticed uh, that stood out to me last week while they were in Jacksonville. Uh, I, uh, Swift had already scored. He already had, he hit art. He already had broken out that long run down the sideline and the, the defensive back had an angle on him, but, but, but he wound up scoring on that same drive. So Swift had, was already a touchdown in already 60 or 70 rushing yards in. And it looked like they put in carry on as like a change of pace, you know, and Stafford uh, took the ball. He took, And, and it was just a nice little toss out to carry on. He had a, a ton of green grass in front of him. I don't think it was a, a screen pass per se, but it was like a wheel route, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And and it hit he, Stafford, put the ball right on the numbers, right in carry on's hands. And he he flubbed it. He complete bounced off his hands and he dropped it. And that was a bummer for me because, you know, when you get a hot guy when you excuse me when you get a hot running back in there like swift and ap had a had a ton of carries already and they try to they're like they're, it it screamed to me they're saying carry on here's your chance we want to get you involved we've had success so far with swift and adrian peterson and we want to get you involved too we're throwing you a bone and you just stone hand it you drop it and he you could tell uh carry on went to the sidelines kind of you know defeated and i don't think he got uh, a ton of work going forward there. So you have to make the most of your targets and touches when you have uh, two other capable running backs uh, involved. So that's the only reason why I said, uh, sadly, I don't think Kirion is going to be involved much uh, moving forward. Completely agree there. And yeah, with on it pertains to rushing, Atlanta is actually top five in rushing defense and our offensive lineman per PFF, Pro Football Focus, is rated great. up run blocking offense or top run blocking offensive lineman in the NFL. So that's um, going to be strength against strength. Definitely in this game. And something uh, I'm more worried about on our end is that the Falcons offense is actually number two in passing offense. So with Ridley and Julio, they can definitely um, spread that ball out and get it down the field. So it's going to be an interesting test for our young corners. Absolutely. And if you look at a guy like uh, rookie rookie phenom, Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, he put up a, a huge stat line uh, playing Atlanta uh, this, this past season. So I'm thinking, why can't Kenny G do the same thing? You know, why can't Marv, Marv, this, this game just screams to me, you know, one of those Marvin Jones Jr. games where he puts up 120 yards and two or three touchdowns and people don't see it coming. It's kind of, I, I always uh, compare it to like, if you've ever played roulette at the casino where you put the ball in and you pick red or black and, you know, you never know when your number is going to hit. I look at Marvin Jones almost the same way. Cause if, 
if you look back the last season or two, Marvin Jones will have like a wide receiver one overall for that week kind of games. And this one just screams that to me because he hasn't really done much uh, leading up to week seven here. And with, with, with the Lions offense looking to be breaking out are almost looking to click on all cylinders here. How are they going to get these guys involved? And while everybody's looking at, at Swift to continue his breakout, everyone's looking at Kenny G who looks to be healthy and the kid gloves are off here. Whoop, there goes Marvin Jones, sneaks out for two, three touchdowns, 100 yards here, and everybody's left scratching their heads. So uh, I want to throw that out there, and I, I, I don't want you guys to think that you weren't warned because I'm warning you now. Uh, I, I'm fully expecting Marvin Jones Jr. to have a big game on Sunday in Atlanta. Well, I, agree. I agree 100%. Um, you, you know, you're talking about those games. Uh, like the, the Raiders game last year and the Eagles game from Marvin stand out to me. Uh, from last year about those kind of games. And going back, to, uh, you were talking about the over and under. I'm expecting a little bit higher scoring, maybe like a 35 to 30 type type game. Um, oh, I, yeah. think, I think yeah, there's going to be a lot of offense. I'm with you there because l- looking uh, – Looking at it now, that that's the Falcons' weakest link is their pass defense. They rank thirty yeah, second. Like over, they rank thirty second overall in pass yards allowed. They've given up over two thousand total passing yards so far this season. Uh, they, they're they're thirty first overall in average yards a game. So three hundred and thirty five point three yards they give up a game. So Stafford, it looks like Stafford's floor on Sunday will be three hundred passing yards, and, and in turn. Those yards have to go somewhere. So Kenny G, Marvin Jones, as I've said, TJ Hawkinson's a good bet for a good game. And we've seen Swift gets Swift has gotten, excuse me, uh, a lot of receiving yards. So it's going to be uh, a a high scoring game. And I imagine it's going to be a ton of of yards through the air here. Oh, 100 percent. I completely agree. It's going to be really it's going to be a fun shootout. Very fun quarterbacks both of them know how to throw and they got some good wide receivers and good targets both at running back and tight end as well so hopefully tj hawkinson can go up a little bit in this game too i would love that maybe get him more involved in the offense but let's go ahead oh man it would be great to go on my fantasy team too (laughs) Uh nice um score predictions um chris let's go ahead and start off with you you're the guest let's see what you got Sure. I have the Lions winning here. That's no secret. Uh, I would say 34. They're going to Lions are going to put up 34 points uh, and the Falcons are going to fall just short at about 28 points uh, as as a as a Lions fan. It's going to be a safe bet that the Lions are going to be up and the Falcons are going to have the ball with under a minute left, right? And they're going to have all the uh, all the makings of a, a touchdown to win here to, to seal the to seal the deal and they're going to fall short with uh let's let's be uh optimistic here. Let's be ambitious and say that uh, Jeff Okuda, our rookie uh cornerback intercepts Matt Ryan in the end zone with under a minute left to end the game here. Lions win 34, Falcons fall short at 28 points. Okay, was, Chris, you're coming back on this podcast soon, man. You just, those are the magic words right there. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to say that the Falcons were going to drive down and be just short with of the end zone with four seconds left. It would be called a touchdown. And yeah, then like the, officials overview it. He was just short, 10 second runoff, game over. Yeah, that would be poetic justice because I know <laughs> I know what instance you're referring to, but that let's be honest, that just doesn't happen to us yeah. Lions fans, and it just doesn't happen to Lions teams. So I'll settle for an interception in the end zone. That'll work. 
a rookie with my boy Okuda. That is perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. All right, uh, Colton, what do you got? So I'm going to stick with my 35 to 30. Um, okay. I'm going to say it's going to be uh, Falcons get a field goal late and then just can't stop the Lions in a two-minute offense. And AP and Swift get a couple big runs and seal it. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, if I'm having to go with one, I'm probably going to stay about in those 30s as well. I could see 34-31. We're literally tied 31-31. Get the ball back with less than a minute. Super quick offense. We get a couple shots with Marvin and Kenny G set up for the field goal. And Matt Prater hits his first 50-plus of the season. 53-54 yarder. Win it. I like it. Oh, and real quick, uh, unrelated. I saw uh, Matt Prater kicked a couple field goals, or I believe in a couple extra points last week in Jacksonville. And I noticed on, he had all the, these different uh, like tribal tattoos on both of his arms. And I don't remember ever seeing those. So I don't know what the heck Matt Prater is up to or what he's doing, but uh, I don't care as long as he keeps hitting those long field goals, you know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he yeah. used to wear a blue undershirt and that's why we didn't notice. You're right. Okay, yep. sure. As long as there's no uh, barbed wire tattoos around his arms, uh, he's still he's still cool with me. Yes, exactly. Um, alrighty then. I think that's all the questions we got for you. Uh, if you want to go ahead and plug in those uh, ads and usernames on Twitter and any other social media platforms, and talk a little bit about your fantasy um, podcast and your fantasy work in general. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for uh, having me on and giving me this moment. So you can find me on Twitter uh, at Detroit Beastie, spelled exactly how you think it is. Uh, Detroit, where I'm from. Beastie is my cat. No secret there. Uh, as it stands right now, bottom of the barrel is out now. That's my bread and butter. That's my uh, DFS article. It's exclusively uh, on DFSCheatSheet.com. You can find all my work there. And in terms of a podcast, uh, I don't have my own podcast. Uh, I'm always just a, a guest a podcast extraordinaire. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up a ton of, of podcasts and works there. So uh, you'll never know where you'll find me during the week. So uh, find me at Detroit Beastie and look for my content there. Boys, I can't thank you enough for having me. It was a blast. Awesome. Uh, one more question for you. Random fantasy question. Sure. Give me one fantasy player you love this week, not necessarily in the Lions-Falcons game, and one f fantasy player you hate. Great question. So um, I I also do these uh, these player cards. They're graphics. I post them every Wednesday or Thursday. And one of my overall favorite plays this weekend, and it, it hurts to say, so don't uh, uh, rake <laughs> me over the coals here. It, it's Green Bay running back Aaron Jones. They're they're playing Houston, who is Ugh. who yeah. is dead dead last in uh, rushing defense. And had, did you see what Derrick Henry did to them uh, <laughs> last weekend? He put up 200 plus yards. Uh, Derrick Henry is the eater of worlds, eater of souls. He don't care who you are, <laughs> what your mom's name is and, and go from there. So uh, get Aaron Jones in all your lineups this weekend in DFS formats and seasonal formats, if you mind him. And off the top of my head, a guy who I don't really like this weekend is uh Las Vegas' own Derek Carr. They're at home against Tampa Bay this weekend. Tampa Bay looked awesome on Sunday against the aforementioned Green Bay Packers. And uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are starting to click on their, on their defensive cylinders. And they're actually ranked third overall against quarterbacks. So Derek Carr has been, he's looked fantastic so far for the Raiders. But I don't think he finds much, much success here uh, Sunday at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Awesome. Okay. Sweet. That is some good info. I'm going to start hitting you up more often because I need some help <laughs> with my fantasy team. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime, buddy. Definitely. Alrighty. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been an amazing um, experience and love hearing you um, talk with your insight and all this. You have some great knowledge into the Detroit Lions and the NFL in general. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for being on. You got it. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Alrighty, thank you guys very much for joining us on episode 12 of the Blue Blood Podcast with your special guest, Chris Robin and Falcon. Peace out, guys. Have a good day.